to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Greg Kiefer. Today I'm joined by Richard Barnett. Hey, Greg. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. So today, you know, it's rare when anything supply chain makes the mainstream news. Normally it's something bad. You know, some terrible thing has happened or interesting, which right. is rare actually, but something that hit a lot of news yep. very recently was this notion of this gigantic container ship. Right. The CMA CGM Benjamin Franklin, one of the largest ships in the world, was making some port calls on the West Coast. And right. it was on TV and the newspaper. And wow, like what a sign of the times. Well, it's a great story because it gets everyone's attention. I mean, this ship is huge. It's 396 meters long, 54 meters wide. It's longer than the Empire State Building is tall, as wide as half of a U.S. football field. And it's crewed by how many people? 15. 26 altogether. And it's 18,000 TEUs with a net tonnage of 116,000. So this thing is a floating city. I mean, it's incredible. What's amazing about it, you know, as a supply chain guy, you know, you think back to the days of longshoremen and docks with cargo nets going into holes, right? right? And then they invent the container and the mm-hmm. world is flat. And there's that great book about that. and Great story. Right, and how that flattened totally the world. Totally transformational. Right? You know, not that long ago, a big ship had 5,000 containers. I mean, is this making the world more accessible to more companies? Is that something that you think is happening? Well, you know, I think it's a great discussion because on one hand, you think, sure, makes sense, right? Bigger ships, more containers on one ship should be faster, cheaper, kind of its economy of scale. On the other hand, let's pause and think through this a second. We've had a lot of issues with port strikes, port shutdowns, port automation, variability around ports all over the globe, right? In terms of their ability to manage surge capacity, holiday season demand. I mean, we're just now recovering from what happened with ports in Long Beach and the entire West Coast. Ports being slowed down and delaying massive amounts of e-commerce traffic you know, at peak periods in the U.S. economy. So I think we got to look very hard at what the potential risks of this are from an end-to-end system-wide perspective, right? Because we're really sensitive to that. We really work with some customers that really think about it across every move, right? It's not just the container ship, it's everything. So what do we think some of the implications of that are when you've got a ship that's that big that a port may not be ready to manage, right, right, effectively? It's congestion waiting to happen, right? Right. I mean, their infrastructure marvels, but think about all the new cranes and the new robotic chassis management, you know, they've got to do. I mean, if they've got levels of automation, they got to re-engineer and reapply all the levels and all the flows at the port to totally adjust to these new mega ships that are coming in. Right. You know, when you've got so many of your eggs or containers in one basket, the potential for that thing to be delayed affects so many more companies than a vessel of, say, one-third the size. Yeah, because you're sharing the risk. It's a risk pooling to some extent, right? Because what happens is if if anything goes wrong with that container ship, now so many more in customers are being affected. You've kind of tied everything into one big ship that causes a delay that impacts everybody. But that said, it also is going to provide some great economies of scale from a cost perspective. You and I have worked with a lot of ocean shipping customers and they are sensitive to what they pay for those rates and it's very competitive, right? So that's going to help on that front. And we've seen this trend It's not linear, but there's definitely a key trend that the overall volume of growth in capacity on ship lines continues to increase. And it's reducing lower and lower rates, but it's also a bit of an unsustainable, depending on what projections you can look at in terms of utilization. I mean, 
it potentially is unsustainable across the industry overall. It's kind of like an arms race. And if you see kind of slow down a little bit recently with the Chinese economy, that has a massive ripple effect. So we really got to look at maybe it'll stabilize over time, but there's that dimension kind of in aggregate. But then there's also, you know, the benefits from carbon emissions from a pollution perspective, right, right. as a mode of transport. And I think it's um, 70 times less of an impact per weight of item or container or box weight for weight versus an airplane. Right, right. I do know that a lot of companies want to use ocean for that reason. The carbon footprint, right. obviously the cost. Right. But the problem has always been the sailing time is so great that it's just really hard to run an efficient supply chain. But with new technologies coming online, the ability to you know, treat those slow-moving containers almost as a virtual warehouse is more possible than it ever has been. I've directly heard from a very well-known high-tech company, for yeah. example. Now, you'd think high-tech would never use an ocean container because it's got a short shelf life, right? High obsolescence. Yet, they're trying to find ways to move stuff off of yeah. expensive airplanes onto ships. Ten years ago, it was mostly air for a lot of these devices, right. right? Now, it's mixed mode and maximize utilization if you can because of some markets are so friggin' cost-competitive these days that they've got to really stretch themselves out. But, man, the trade-off cost around lead time going from four to five days to six weeks to 12 weeks is is a massive impact on the overall lead time and service levels to their customers. Right, well, if anything, it's a sign of the times. You know, I mean, look, the globalization phenomenon is no longer just for the few of the big companies and just between, you know, Europe and China and North America. I mean, it's really everywhere. We hear stories about companies opening up shop in Bangladesh and Kenya, Pakistan, and it's only going to continue, and the means to move goods around is going to still be on the water, you know, first and foremost. I mean, yep. you're talking about 90-plus percent of all goods are moving on the sea. And so, you know, what's happening with that as well is it's increasing that percentage of risk that's translating also higher insurance premiums as well. Because part of that insurance or risk profile means that you actually may have increasing rates for that much cargo concentrated in one ship. That's kind of an unforeseen, yeah. you know, implication as well. And then this system-wide effects also are really interesting because it's, you kind of link the port congestion issues with the sort of multi-stop, multi-leg. So a lot of our customers have consolidation activities that occur before going into a major port. They've got the origin destination route for these larger ships. Variability associated with that, but sure, if they've got bigger ships, that's great, right? Because they get a lower rate. But then let's talk about what happens when it gets to the destination port. Then they got to deconsolidate and they got to go to, if it's hitting an inefficient port that's higher cost, less efficient, what happens, Greg? What are the costs? What are the implications on that in terms of their supply chain? They are now in a problem where they don't have assurance of supply. They're facing expediting costs. They may have to right. fly over the containers because they don't know where it is. It's a lot of pain and a lot of money. Merck did a recent research project and they looked at some of the risks, the kind of pros and cons of these larger ship sizes. And they said that a, a decade of port gridlock that would raise shipping prices on land enough to make the seaborne savings negligible because of this port congestion failures. But it's really that, to your point, it's the service level variability. It's that overall variability that you have to buffer somehow, right? So how do you do it, right? You, you do it in terms of inventory. And we feel this pressure, right? Where on one hand, you want to lower costs, get the biggest ship you can, get the lowest rate possible, 
but that comes in a direct trade-off to agility, responsiveness, flexibility, right, in the supply chain network. And so I don't know if this big trend towards the mega ship is actually going to deliver the end-to-end benefits that everyone's hoping or anticipating. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, I think if you're building a new ship, you're going to try to make it big. Right. You know, maybe you see these on, you know, kind of the China to the West Coast, you know, right. primary lanes. Right. sort of a, like an airline hub and spoke strategy. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Clearly, they can't go everywhere. There's only so many ports that can handle these Just things. a few can handle them right now. Maybe some of those ports will take advantage or win out, right, because they're equipped and ready and modernized, et cetera. You know, one thing I was thinking about is maybe it forces that competition at each of the ports to get their act together and make those innovations, do more automation. Maybe it's a new competitive driver that makes them more efficient. Maybe that would be an upside. I don't know. If you look at it from a balanced perspective, there's a lot of factors to take into consideration. It's here to stay, I have a feeling. You know, I think with the big ships, it's always just like, wow, that is really amazing, which is, of course, what the media figured out. Headline news looks amazing. This is the Empire State Building floating in the water, right? But if you dig deeper, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Okay, well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Greg. This is Greg Kiefer, Supply Chain Radio. We are signing off.